there were days where I would be bitching and, and feeling sorry for myself because, you know, I'd be in pain or something like that. I would remember that I got, you know, 30, 40 years on some of these other guys out here hiking. And that was motivation for me to suck it up and get out there. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Christian Ultra Podcast. Today's guest is Hollywood, whom I met on the Appalachian Trail. Hollywood is a 36-year-old ex-military veteran who hails from Alabama in the United States of America. And he's here to talk about his 2,193-mile journey along the Appalachian Trail. Guys, uh, this show does cost some money to put together, so I've created a Patreon page, which I'm pretty excited about. Um, There's three different levels on there of support, so please go on there and join Patreon to support the podcast. That would be much appreciated. And a word about my online run coaching. I offer online run coaching to anyone who wants to enter the ultramarathon running world. I draw from my experiences of completing over 135 ultras and marathons and over 1,000 milers. Plus, I hold the record for Britain's longest national trail. So, my clients include uh, newbies who are running their first 50k, or um, people who are attempting their first 100 mile, or even professionals who just want to get their PB down. So, please go and check out my uh, website which is uh, linked in the show notes, or visit www.christianultra.com, and that's Christian spelled K-R-I-S-T-I-A-N. Okay, on to the show. Hollywood, man, it's uh, good to see you again. It's been a while. Um, Welcome welcome to the podcast. I appreciate it. Yeah, um, so like... uh, yeah, let's just have a quick kind of re- recap of what you achieved this year. You uh, hiked the Appalachian Trail. Could you give your um, start and finish dates or the duration that it took you to do? Yeah, so it took me 163 days total. I left uh, the March 27th and I finished on September 5th. So it was 163 days total. Okay. Yeah. And, um, did you, did you like, there's a lot of people out there who would do this and there's a lot of people who wouldn't, I, I kind of suppose it's geeky, but I'm a kind of geeky person. Did you, yeah. um, record your like zero days and all that kind of stuff? You know, I did because I, the way I feel about it and it's kind of like, okay, I mean, you're an ultra marathon runner. Like if let's say I'm like, Oh yeah, I ran this 200 mile race. And you're like, oh, cool, what was your time? And I only counted the time that I was actually running. Well, your downtime, I mean, you're giving your body a chance to recover. So I, I feel like when you come up with your days, like you're, the days you're not on trail, you got to count because, like, it's a lot harder to get up and hike every single day than it is, like, doing a week and then taking two days off and then doing another week. And so I, I don't know, like, when it comes to, like, how many days – you know, for me, that counts, like, your off days have to count, man, like, you know, it's, yeah. it's from the beginning to the end, right, I don't know, that's just my, that's my, that's my take on it. Well, that's how fastest known times work, you know, you hit yeah. start on the timer, and even if you, like, have five days off and five days of running, that's a 10-day record, uh, you know, Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how it works, 
Um, and hey, let me ask you now, how, how have you integrated back into like daily life and uh, how's your body holding up and how long has it been? Three questions there. Sorry. Well, it's, it's funny, uh, you know, you and I, I can see you, you and I both have uh, different looks than what we had on the trail. I was, uh, I was interested to see uh, how the clean cut Christian was going to look yeah. uh, versus the guy that, you know, I, I, I met, Cause, you, you know, you spend a lot of, like, you know, when we do these things, I mean, we would spend, you know, hours upon hours with each other, you know, every day, you know, it's a lot of time you're looking at someone. Um, but to answer your question, I, so when, about a week after I got back from trail, I decided to shave my beard off. And I felt like that was kind of symbolic of me reintegrating myself back into real life. Cause I felt like me keeping the beard was going to keep me in that trail mode. Mm. And I was excited about getting back to work. You know, I, as you know, I own a, own a company. And so I felt like, one of, I'll tell you the one of my biggest challenges when I first got back was because when you're hiking the trail, all you have to do is worry about one thing, one or two things per day. Like, you know, how many miles you're going to hike per day and then how much you're going to eat, drink. And that's really about it. Like you don't have a whole lot of critical thinking you need to do. And then when I, I remember that my very first day back, I was like, okay, this is my, my first day back, back to work work. And it felt like for a good week or two, it felt like my brain was just um, just exhausted at the end of the day because I had to, the first time in a long time, I had to multitask again. Yeah. And I couldn't just like daydream, I couldn't just daydream all day. I had to, you know, actively, critically think and stuff like that. And I felt like, you know, when you're on the trail, you're, it's way more physically exhausting every single day, but you don't have to think as much. And then it's vice versa. When you get back in real life, now you're not, very, you're not exercising all day and now you're having to critically think and uh so that was a little bit of a transition uh for me and uh what was the last part of this question oh yeah so um how, how i think it was how long now has it been since you summited katahdin oh yeah you asked me how, how my body's holding up um well i answered my body holding up first um so as you know i had problems with my ankle on, on trail i'm uh, actually going to see an orthopedic uh, surgeon the, I think next week, um, about 99% sure that I'm gonna have to get reconstructive surgery on my ankle. Um, but outside of that, like I, I put on like, <laughs> I don't know, 15 or 20 pounds already. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I've already started packing back on the weight. Uh, I, I think I'm getting my body back to its natural, like body, body weight again. Uh, but I feel good. Uh, yeah. it, it is, it is, I don't know if, if you've kind of feel the same way. Um, since you came off trail, but it's, it's strange, not, uh, not getting the exercise in every day. Cause now, you know, to answer the last part of the question, it's been just over two months that I finished. And I don't know for you, like, I don't know, have you felt the same thing? Like it's, um, you kind of miss getting that, ex that really intense workout in it all day, every day. Is that something that you kind of, that you kind of miss? Yeah, well, I did. Um, and so what I I started recently doing a, about a week ago is every day kind of cold water swimming and, um, and just filling my day with a whole bunch of other stuff. Because as you know, I do like online run coaching. So yeah. and, and I have this kind of work life balance where it's tilting towards life. You know, I'm not. Yeah. Um, and, and so I, I actually started filling my day. I've had a, such a long day today. I actually had to take a nap um like physically physically tough day so no i can yeah and it's really interesting how you say when you're on the trail 
you're uh, working your body, but kind of like resting your mind. But in real life, you're really working your mind and kind of resting yeah. your body. It's totally the other way. I've never actually thought about that. That's a really interesting point. So, did you, uh, when you, when you started doing all your, um, like when you started taking your clients on again and taking all the calls and stuff like that, did you, did, I mean, did you have the same thing? Did you feel, you know, a little mentally exhausted? I mean, is that something that you, that you, you know, experienced as well? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the thing is the brains had this, I mean, d like, let's put it in perspective. You hiked 2000 um, and almost 200 miles where I kind of hiked yeah. 440 something miles. So right. I did a bite size of what you did. Um, therefore, I wasn't away from kind of my life as much as you are. Um, sure, sure. So it's going to be different, but yeah, I did. I did have like brain fatigue for sure. Just you know, the simple. Yeah. I had to take it really easy to begin with, and then um, yeah. and build on that e each day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So, uh. So that's how you are now, and I'd, I'd like, and your trail name, um, your trail name's Hollywood. And why don't we set the scene yeah. and actually let people know how we met? Um. I mean, I can remember yeah. it. Actually, I can, I can, I can visualize it. That's that's funny, yeah, isn't it? About about yeah. the adventures you have in life. But I mean, yeah. yeah, I guess it's not even a crazy story. But go and you tell it. It's not. It's <laughs> not that it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it was funny because um, I think that was right when we came out of Pinkham Notch, which I'm I'm actually like right by Pinkham Notch, is where I'm staying right now. Oh, that's and insane. <laughs> was it? Was that? Was it? A, no, it was not Pinkham Notch. But I, I remember I was walking up and, and uh, you had the you had the gloves on and uh, so you know it's uh, lucky gloves yeah lucky yeah, yeah the lucky gloves so the the, the trekking poles were I have the I have the cross trails and I I was really fired up because I really like the poles a lot I got those about mile seven hundred in Delville and so I got these you know trekking poles if no one's ever seen them before you know they're 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 pretty lightweight trekking poles and they have gloves you click click in instead of instead of the uh, normal straps that you have on trekking poles exactly and i thought they were really cool and it was really convenient when you're like climbing up rocks to kind of protect your hand a little bit and stuff well over time there's a this little loop that goes right in between your index finger and your thumb that click into the poles right and yeah not many people have those you know those poles and well my you know my gloves had worn out so you know i'm like strong arming it so i'm having to literally like you know hold my poles and when i saw you when i uh, yeah i see you walk up and i was like because you, you were behind me i, I want to say for a, quite a while yeah and i was like and i was like using you as like um you know to pace myself you know i was like i'm not gonna let this guy catch me you know <laughs> and finally i was like fuck I, can't, I gotta let this dude pass me like he's he's he's, he's coming up behind me too quick and then i saw you had the poles you know or at least a similar type of uh trekking pole that had the gloves and that's how you and i you know, really started talking because it's funny how you strike up conversations about people, you know, on the trail because we're, we're all basically doing the same thing. So, like, we're all going to have similar equipment. We're going to have similar gear. Um, you know, we're obviously both, you know, going or all of us are going towards a, you know, finite destination, hopefully. And, uh, and it's funny, you know, like what you strike up conversations about, you know, something as silly as like, hey, you got, you got the same kind of gloves that I have, you know. Yeah, I know, know that's a good story and I can visualize it. I remember one of the things I noticed about you was you had, I think it was a nice new pair of uh, Hoka Speed Goats. Had you just, oh, got, yeah, yeah. You just got a new pair, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, I just switched back over to the, uh, to the Speed Goats from the, 
uh, I've been, I've been where, so I started in Merrill, Ontario's, and then this was a horrible shoe selection for the AT. And a hundred miles, I switched into the Speed Goats, and I went to the Stinson, to the middle section, and then back to the Speed Goats. And uh, so, you know, I saw you had Hoka's on, and you had the Hoka shirt and the Hoka shorts. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so I was like, oh, this is my dude. We got, you know, same trekking poles. And, <laughs> and, I, and I'm telling you, the Hoka's were, I mean, I think they're just a fantastic shoe. Yeah, they, they were fun to wear. But no, it was common, common ground on equipment that we were using. And that just, I don't know, I just felt... I mean, I'll be straight up and honest. Uh, I just felt like there was an instant connection. I, I liked you. Yeah. I liked hiking with you. You're positive. You were, um, you know, like, uh, you, you know, you, you were interesting conversation as well. And that wasn't our last conversation, was it? We, I remember later on after that really big breakfast with um, the guy who had, you had to book a breakfast in advance. I forget where yeah. it was. Um, yeah, that's fish camp. What was it? That fish camp yeah like, like a, a fishing fish camp. camp and and he had yeah. like these um those small birds hummingbirds um outside on the porch and uh, yeah. anyway after that breakfast i remember me and you had a a, a, tie, a bit of time together again and hiked and it was just all a good conversation about what the future held and you know sure. our other lives and in fact i remember the college football conversation as well you know, oh, yeah <laughs> yeah you, you you schooled me yeah. about college football and and yeah. i got really like knowledge and clued up about what that was but well what's, yeah. what's interesting too though is you know they're, they're like our age group there's not a there's not a whole lot of people i think in the age of like 35 to like 50 i think there's a we're kind of in that middle weird age group where there's not a lot of us that are in that 35 to 50 age group hiking the trail and the ones that are there's very few times where you meet another you know somebody you would consider a professional um you know, a lot of people that are in the 35 to 58 group that are, that are hiking the trail. Um, and it's nothing like everybody can live their life the way they want to, but they're more of, you know, like the hippie traveler type. Mm-hmm. Most of the people that are, you know, in our age group that, you know, have a, have a career and a profession, you know, it, most of them are not hiking the trail. So there's a, you know, there's a very thin line of us that are, you know, kind of in that age group that's on the trail. You know, I'm really pleased you raised that because, uh, prior to this, uh, podcast one of my uh, my I was going through my thoughts of, of what questions I'd like to ask you and yeah. uh, one of the questions eg- exactly was that it was how did you feel um, fitting in with the groups around you um, based off the fact that there were either big groups of young people or you know w- like the odd two or three old geezers you know how how did you uh, how, like how did that play a part into your hike and experience well, let, let me ask you this first. So what I know about the ultra marathoning is most ultra ther- marathoners kind of hit their prime, like in their thirties, right? That's where you have a lot of ultra marathoners, like between 30, like 30 and 50, right? Yeah. So I, I feel like there's a lot of, you know, a lot of ultra marathoners that are kind of a little bit older. Would you, would you say that the ultra marathon community is a little bit older than what you would normally see with the through hiking community? I mean, like with my experience, I would say yes, that, that they do seem to be like kind of, I'm okay, so don't get me wrong. I don't want everyone getting the wrong idea of what I'm saying. There are younger people <laughs> doing ultras, but in my yeah. personal experience, the majority of the people doing the ultras are like kind of late 20s and, and plus. Yeah. 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 Well, 
and to kind of to answer your question, it was, um, you know, I really enjoyed my conversations with being being at the age I am. Uh, when I when I hiked with younger people, I got to experience listening to young people that haven't really figured it out yet, that are still going through, you know, transitions in their life, whether it's career or family, uh, you know, what 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 the next step for them are. Or the next step of them is and being able to you know give some mentoring advice you know it's kind of like the a little bit older older dude now you know even if not I'm you know I'm 36 I feel like I've you know lived a very fulfilling life and done a lot of things so I, I felt like I could give some mentoring advice to maybe some younger people if they ask um, and then if, and then of course you know you get the opportunity to meet some incredible older people. And and I, and I felt like I was on the receiving end on that, where I got to just pepper them with questions about life, business, uh, you know, places they've traveled. And so I feel like it's, it's actually a really good sweet spot for people our age, because there's there's you can you can experience that that young energy and like, you know, the carefree lifestyle that a lot of those guys live, uh, then also get to kind of enjoy the conversations you have with some of the little bit more mature you know, people on trail but it was definitely interesting for me because i got to hang out with a different group of people than like i probably would have you know back home uh in my in my normal life and not not that like i, I don't have some of those you know so friends and stuff but you know my circle of friends are typically you know other business owners and you know, you know guys that are guys and girls that are in you know, similar industries for me. So being able to hang out with people like, you know, Road Soda and yeah. and Biscuit and you know, and, and like a lot of just you know the people that were kind of in our crew, um, it was just it was a really cool experience for me. Yeah, no, I, I I do appreciate that the fact that you have the opportunity to mentor but also be mentored as well. Yeah, you know? and I, I I really enjoyed my time hanging out with the. Um, some of the older cats on trail, you know, some of those yeah. really just um, wise, gray, kind of wiry, just hikers, just, just some really cool dudes. Um, you, had a, you had an opportunity to meet, oh, Scoutmaster, right? Um, geez, um, I, I, I may have. Is, is, so he's one of the older hikers? Yeah, and, and the only reason I wanted to bring him up is there was, uh, we were, it was, Myself, him, Hokey Pokey, and I can't remember who else was hiking with us, but he was basically he was giving us financial advice, you know, and a lot of like the way he, he was able to, you know, fire a pretty pretty good fortune over over time, and he was giving us advice about his marriage, and he was telling me he was basically saying like you know his him and his wife are joint everything, they're joint social media, joint bank accounts, joint his, I mean his wife knows everything about his life. He knows everything about hers. And I feel like it's, I, I, I remember it was, I, there was another person in their group and they were just like, they, we, the, the subject about having a joint bank account and joint like social media accounts came up. And, you know, I see as a time, like, a, you know, I'm someone who's been single for, you know, quite some time as, as an adult. And one of the things I always see with like social media and stuff, is everybody wants to have their separate accounts. and like, you don't post someone like that you like on your social media until you're like a theme because you're always talking to these other people. And like, there's always this crescendo of like, 
I don't say it like lies, but you you only you hide a certain amount of your truth, and a certain part of that's private. That's fair. Yeah. And it was really re- it was really refreshing hearing you know someone who's been married for over you know forty years talk about like you know how you know if you're going to be with someone whether you're dating or in a or just in a in a serious relationship how you should just be open with everything. Yeah. You know, your money, your your uh, yeah your your personal life, your social media. And I think it was a good lesson on like, if you want a relationship that'll last, perhaps it's something that, you know, a lot of younger people need to start thinking about, especially now that social media is so prevalent. Yeah. 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 No, they're true words. And and I had some great advice off, um, I think, it, it, Reckless Abandon. Did, did you meet him? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully he'll come on the podcast. And I just felt, you know, just definitely that guy knew what he was doing and, um, yeah, the old the older guys really do spill over the knowledge. I think for especially maybe the younger ones are a bit too young to take on that knowledge, but definitely at our age, I say our age, I'm older than you by like about eight years, but still, though, yeah. And that brings me on to um, let, let, actually let's go let let's backtrack a little bit. So this is a two thousand uh, plus mile hike um, yeah. with a dropout rate of. Oh, I mean, what what is the drop? What what is um, your version of the dropout rate there? You know, I, honestly, I feel like the amount of people who actually hike the entire trail without skipping it, I think there's maybe twenty percent of us that finish it that do that. That the number I've heard is like twenty five is what they normally think. But you know, I knew a lot of people who got their picture on top of Katahdin who I knew skipped a a large section of the trail, and I, I feel like the people who you know, hiked, you know, 99% of it. Uh, I feel like that number is pretty low. I feel like it's maybe 20%. So that's a, I mean, that's big, you know, that's kind of yeah. 75%, 80% dropout rate. You know, if you're in group of 10, seven or eight yeah. of that group of 10 at the start, are not going to make it to the finish. What do you feel that you did um, preceding or what experiences in life um, before you began hiking the AT actually got you down uh, around to the finish? Um, you know, I, I feel like, well, that's a good question. Um, I actually had done some really difficult hiking. I went on a trip this last winter in South America and hiked a, this volcano. And I didn't know it at the time, but it's like, one of the, the one of the most difficult four day hikes in all of South America, and it's the hardest hike in the entire country of Colombia. And it was, I mean, I'm telling you, it was it was hard. I I was I was almost in tears when we got to the top, not because of how happy I was, because it was so it was so fucking hard. I mean, it was it was a hard hike. Um, I ran a marathon. I ran a marathon a couple of years ago, and then you know I've kind of always taken trying to take in a pride of like winging something that's really, really hard and just seeing if I've got the, the balls to finish it. And, you know, I think, I think, you know, you, when you continually to do challenging and hard things in your life, that it makes doing other challenging and hard things a lot easier. So I, I do believe in, in, in trying to do hard things. I try to do a, a week long water fast every year uh, where I only, you know, drink water and that's all it, always very difficult to do um and so you know and then of course you know I was, I was, as you know i was in the, in the military prior to that this um but i think i've, I've just always trying to challenge myself to hard things you know to, to do the trail and it, it doing the at was arguably the hardest thing i've ever done um it was a very very difficult trail but really what i guess got me to the end 
I'll tell you something that I, it wasn't about getting that Instagram picture at the, for the end, but every day I was having a, a difficult time. I would visualize myself standing on top of Katad and that's what I would do. I would, I would really visualize like what, it, what it would feel like to stand on top of, you know, Katad and get you, get your picture taken on part on top of that, um, top of that, you know, uh, what do you call it? That plaque, oh, whatever you want to call it. Like a, pl- a plaque kind of thing or something. Yeah. Sign. yeah. And it did. It got me through a lot. Of, I know it sounds weird, but it got me through a lot of, a lot of tough times. Like, you know, I, I, cause I did have a lot of problems with my ankle and there were, there were some times I didn't know that I'd be able to finish and days it was really tough. And I had to just really dig down deep is I, that's what I would do. I just visualize how that moment would feel. And you know, for someone who's thinking about doing the a through hike, I'll tell you, there's that might have been my greatest feeling I've ever had is is getting getting to the to the finish line, particularly with a group of people I did, and it was just I can't really summarize in words what what that felt like. And I feel like if anybody ever does another through hike, you always know that if you finish it, you're going to get the the most amazing feeling that you you probably ever had. Yeah, yeah. Um, well. I mean, that's that, that, it's made me come up with more questions. Uh, let me go back to, so y- you say like you almost have enjoyed living your life, testing yourself and testing your limits. And um, yeah, d- does that kind of date back? Is that your personality? Does that date back to kind of childhood and college? Um, is that the person that you always were? Or was there a different, you know, was it, were you a different person at some time? And if, if yes, what was the point that changed that? No, I think I always have. I mean, I, I grew up, I grew up in a poor family. Um, I didn't have a lot of opportunities growing up. I, you know, my father wasn't around. My mother was, you know, in and out of uh, drug rehabs. And I've kind of had to scrape and claw, you know, my, my entire life ever since I was a, a young person. You know, growing up with my, uh, especially as a poor kid in Alabama, uh, there's just not a lot of opportunities, especially I was, you know, from a small town. And, you know, I kind of knew at a young age that I wanted to do, you know, great things in my life, mainly, mainly because I had a lot of good people go out of their way to help me. Uh, my, some of my friends in high school had great parents, my aunt and uncles, my, my grandparents. I had a lot of people in my life go and sacrifice a lot so I, I could have opportunities in life. And I've kind of always felt that I was in debt to them to, to do big things with my life. And I feel, I've always kind of felt like if I didn't, I'd be, I'd be letting them down. So, mm. but yeah, I, I feel like that's, uh, that's kind of always been part of my MO, but I do feel like I kind of lost my edge a little bit, maybe in my late twenties. I, after I got out of the military, I got a really good job and I was making a lot of money and, but I felt like I kind of lost my edge on like me being me. And I really regained that again. So I, I, my first business I started went under, and it was after that, I felt like I got the fire back in my life that I needed. Cause I don't know, maybe, maybe it was the fact that like I was experiencing struggle again and that's what I needed. Um, and now I've kind of always, like, I, I see other people like that have the same kind of lifestyle I, I have and they'll go off and, and I'm sure you can appreciate this. Cause I mean, you go and do ultra marathon and man, like that's, that's a physical beatdown. Uh, you see I, like I, my business partner, for instance, he goes like during like we'll do a big project and he'll go like he'll go down to Columbia and he'll live on the beach and 
you know, hang out with young, hot Colombian girls for, for two or three months and he's happy, you know, and then I'll go, I may go do, you know, some, some enjoyable things, but I'm also normally going to do something like really hard yeah. uh, in that front. And I always kind of wonder like, why don't, why can't I enjoy just, you know, <laughs> relaxing, you know? So I, I don't know. I feel like there's, um, there's ways that people are wired that you need, to, you need that, um, you need that challenge in your life to feel alive. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I got you hundred percent. I think everyone listening will, um, well, those who are wired to, 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 you know, challenge themselves will understand as well. I, I'm yeah. sure the people who enjoy laying on the beach, like I think my dad's one of them always says, why do you punish yourself, Christian? Probably You're won't right. get it. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, um, um, yeah, like, uh, well, what was your preparation like? Did you do, did you use YouTube as a, as a source of information or how did you kind of like get yourself ready for hiking 2000 miles? Yeah, I did. I, so I didn't know I was going to hike the trail until about a month before. So I had very little preparation. I was actually in Columbia. Uh, I was <laughs> living at this country house with, uh, with a buddy and we had a, you know, a pool and a, made and a landscaper slash like guy who kind of took care of the groundskeeping of the property i mean i was living a very relaxed lifestyle at that moment and i, I had a friend that had mentioned about us hiking the trail together and once i made my decision i was gonna hike it i'm not someone who likes to do a, a great deal of planning i kind of like to wing it a lot more and I was not in good hiking shape. I was I was in good weightlifting shape, but yeah. uh, I, I was not in good cardio cardio shape at all. And I bought a ticket, and I just started. I bought a ticket back to the U.S., and then I just started consuming. Hold, hold on, let me just all. take you back a little bit. So you said you had a friend who said they were gonna. What what was that? Did you say that there was a friend who was gonna hike it? Not inspired yeah. you. Yeah, so I mean, we had talked to it. Like I talked last year that one day I, I thought I might try to hike the AT, and then I had a buddy just happen to send me a text and was like, "Hey, you want to go hike the AT this year?" Yeah. And okay. I said, "Well, give me a week to make my decision. Like I, I need to kind of see what my 2021 looks like." And I called him back five days later, and I was like, "Fuck it, let's do it." Yeah. And <laughs> he ended up bailing on me, you know. Oh, but I'd already man. bought my. Yeah, but I'd already bought my ticket. I'm I'm someone like once once I make my decision, I'm gonna do something. Like I I go I go fucking do it. And I yeah I just I didn't I knew nothing about backpacking. I knew uh, I mean backpacking and stuff I did in the military are completely different. Uh, like I said, I wasn't in great cardio shape. I just I watched some YouTube videos and I just bought the most expensive, lightest gear that I could I could afford and I knew anything about and. Uh, three weeks later, I was on the trail uh, hiking north. So, you know, uh, I, 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 but I, I did watch a lot of YouTube, though, man. YouTube was a, was a big help. And I read a book called Hiking the Appalachian Trail by, oh, man, he's a, fr he's a friend of a friend. But it's a really good book, and, I, and his name's escaping me at this moment. But yeah. uh, it was a good book, too, to help, help prepare me. Who were some of the YouTubers that you uh, – can, can you remember their names or anything? Yeah, so I'll tell you the the one that got me the most interested in wanting to hike the trail. There was a, a YouTuber named Frozen. I think his is called like Outdoor Adventures is his YouTube channel, and he's got he had this movie he put together called uh, The Appalachian Trail: A Journey of the Soul or something like that. Oh, I, was, I, was, I, I think I watched that. 
Did you? Yeah. It was like two hours long. Yeah, yeah. And I thought I I thought he was uh, really genuine uh, during his and I and I I mean he did a good job putting it together. But that was like what really gave me the I don't know motivation to want to do it. And then of course Darwin was his videos are very helpful with gear. Yeah. Um, and I'll say that Darwin's videos is probably the best for me, like getting my gear ready and prepared. Because I, I felt like he wasn't someone who was sponsored by a lot of people. Yeah. And he was more like just giving his honest you know, feedback on gear. Uh, but I, I would say Frozen was kind of really my motivation to hike the trail. I thought he did a, just a great job with his with that with that video series or the, the movie he put together for, for hiking the trail. Because at the end of the day, man, you know how it is. Like it doesn't – you can have you can have dope-ass gear. You can, you know, have all the lightweight stuff. At the end of the day, is 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 are do you have enough grit to to push through every day and keep moving forward? And your gear does play a part in that, but really your just internal motivation and your ability to, I don't know, compartmentalize your pain and stuff like that to to keep moving forward every day is, is it's vastly more important to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes hundred percent. You know, hundred percent. And and so, um, did you do the approach trail? Um, yeah, I did. Yeah, and and like did I you do so, it. No, I so I've been down. I've started from Springer on two um, unsuccessful record attempts, uh, but yeah. I never went to the approach trail. So maybe talk about that and what what is it? How far is it? And what happens and stuff? You know, man, I I saw it like eight. I think it's like eight point five or eight point eight miles, depending on which sign you look at. But it's I don't know. For me, like I I just kind of felt. Like I'm hiking 2,200 miles. What's an extra eight and a half miles anyway? Yeah. And I did want to kind of walk through the arches, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, I feel like the 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 AT should make the decision at some point, either included or not, in the mileage. Like it, okay. it really doesn't yeah. make sense. It's just like, well, there's this extra eight eight point eight, and you can choose <laughs> to do it or not. You know, like or what? You know, what what do the Sobos do? Do they get to Springer Mountain and they're like, well, I'm not done yet or not unless I walk all the way down the approach trail. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, but I, I enjoyed the approach trail. Now I didn't get up to hike up the stairs because there was a really bad uh, thunderstorm. I think a tornado had came through and actually torn up a bunch of the stairs. So we had to actually loop around uh, and go up uh, another part of the approach trail, so to speak. I guess we'd call it a blue blaze now, but um, so I don't know if I, if I advise to tell people, I don't know. I, I probably would go down to get my picture with the arches and then have somebody drive and drop me off at Springer Mountain. That's, you know? Yeah, yeah. But again, at the same time, it, it's what's an extra eight mile, eight and a half miles when you're, you know, hiking 2200. No, I mean, it's exciting. I mean, like, it, like you say, it's absolutely nothing. It, I don't think it, it's a, it's a blip really in comparison, you know, it's just I mean, you get, Yeah. You get to the point like 8.8 miles. Like that's what you do in half a day yeah yeah so you know when you like uh said you started off in kind of bodybuilding shape um poor cardiovascular condition with with that how long was it before you got into your stride um and started thinking okay yeah i don't feel like i belong in a gym i actually feel like i belong on trail now i'm i'm I'm, i've i've earned this fitness and i'm i'm feeling good i feel like it was uh i had to get I wanted to get to Damascus in a, in a short amount of time after the Rhone Highlands or is that before? Yeah. Yeah. After, after Rhone. Um, 
I wanted to get to Damascus fairly quickly. And so I pulled my first marathon day. I did a 26 miler. Uh, so it, I think it took about 400 miles really where I felt like I had my good trail legs. Now, of course, my experience is probably different from others because I had the ankle issue. So I felt like my ankle held me, like even when I felt like I could do more cardiovascular wise in the beginning, I had to let my ankle catch up to uh, to where I could feel like I was, I was doing cardio. Because a lot of times that's what slowed me down every day. And I probably have a, a, a different advantage too because I had Percocets the whole time. So uh, without, without Percocets. Oh, it's the, is that the pain relief? Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a, uh, it's a narcotic pain medication. Uh, if without Percocets, man, I don't know. I'd probably still be hiking. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. They were, they were, they were, they were a big help. Hey, um, Hollywood, uh, why don't you actually talk about your ankle injury and where that came from and uh, kind of, I think we've got an idea of how it impacted you, but yeah, talk about how did that come about? Well, I, so I, again, I was, I played sports in high school. I played uh, American football and baseball growing up. And I've just, you know, always been really, really tough on my body. And I had torn some some tendons in my ankle in high school, my senior, my senior year of football. And of course, you know, uh, American football is a very, you know, man's man type of sport. And, you know, you play unless, you know, unless you just physically can't, you play. So I, I just taped it up my senior year. Well, I, I actually had torn some tendons in my ankle that caused some pretty significant damage later on in life. And I, this ankle has always been bad over the years. And what's happened is I've developed what's called adult acquired flat foot deformity. So the, the tendons in my ankles really don't hold up the interior part of my ankle so my foot bends in and so I almost have a complete flat foot now on my left foot and my leg is almost bowed in uh, mm-hmm. from my knee through my tibia and fibia down to where it connects to my ankle and so uh, what that causes is a lot of pain uh, and swelling whenever I'm uh, you know using a lot I have huge uh, you know my, my range of motion in that ankle is very very limited uh, and of course all this like all this was part of what I was dealing with when I started, but I, I talked to a doctor and he told me that, you know, I could probably make it worse, but it's not like eventually I'm going to have to get surgery anyway. Mm-hmm. So it was just kind of a, you know, conscious effort that I made that I knew that I was probably going to have to, I didn't know that I was going to make it all the whole way, to be honest with you. I, I, I gave, I told my buddies before I left, I thought I, there was about a 5% chance I'd make it to the, to the finish line just because of how, how bad this, this angle bothers me. But, yeah, man, it was just, it got to the point where I knew that this was going to be something I was finally going to have to get operated on after the trail. But for me, it was worth the risk of injury to, to finish something for me as a worthwhile type type adventure and accomplishment. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me talk about something else and ask you, uh, when, when did you first hear about or encounter the dirty bubble? <laughs> uh, so we actually, you know, uh, the, uh, like botany uh for instance botany and i met the second day on trail um him and right. i camped right next to each other and so him and i we actually signed in at amicola falls we were like two or three names away from each other yeah. uh which was really cool for us to get to finish together and yeah. he had told i was explaining to him about a guy that i ran he was one of the, the, the creepers you know that you run into from time to time 
And he was telling me about this guy named Rat King. And I was like, man, I was like, I don't know. You tell me this Rat King guy's a great guy. There's no way this is the same dude, you know, that I'm talking about this creeping guy. Uh, he was just making some like really suggestive comments towards like the women and stuff like that. It turns out was not Rat King. Okay. And so I met Rat King for the first time. Uh, and so Rat King obviously is one of the uh, OGs of the Dirty Bubble. Yeah. I met Rat King in uh, right before we got into Delville. Uh, so mile marker like 700. And then um, I saw them again in New Jersey. That's when I actually officially met the rest of the Dirty Bubble. So I had we had mutual friends, uh, myself and the Dirty Bubble. And that was the first time I met Road Soda, Friday, Goat. Uh, obviously, I saw uh, Rat King again. And I'm trying to remember who else was with them. Uh, there was a girl named Violet that was hiking with them for a little bit then. Yeah. Um, so I kind of stayed with, like, within their reach. Like, we were kind of hiking together every day. Uh, there for, for, for quite a while, probably for about 10 days. And... I didn't realize how good of friends that Botany was with the bubble yeah. and, but they were just, you know, it was just a really cool group of people that, um, that I felt like I, I really enjoyed spending time with them and stuff like that. And that was kind of like the, my first, my first contact with them. But I mean, I think New Jersey, we were at like mile mark or maybe 1300 then. Yeah. So it's still like relatively, you know, early into the, the hike in the big scheme of things. Yeah. How about prior to that? Did you have people that you hiked with and became really kind of close to, or did you um, like kind of do a lot of solo hiking? And because uh, I know you're a really likable guy, and I, I'm pretty much sure that everyone who meets you enjoys your company. But that you know, like, did you want to put yourself in a position where you were, were like with others all the time? Well, I actually. Uh, so I think I, you and I talked about this. I had a you know, trail romance. That's right. My, yeah. first, my first half of the trail. I was going to ask about that, but you brought it up already. Yeah. Yeah. So um, my first my first experience was I, I wanted to stay out of a group at the very beginning because I wanted to see who was going to make it. I didn't want to make a, you know friends with a bunch of people that you know wasn't going to you know, make it to the, the long haul. And then Botany was part of an original trail family, so him and Trunkle were part of a a a trail family before that. I kind of got. I kind of was part of and part of that trail family was a girl named Dolly that I, I started to see and her and hike her and I hiked together for about a thousand miles on the trail. Wow. And uh, so her and I kind of, you know, bounced around in groups and I was kind of like, you know, with her trail family and stuff like that for about the first half. And after that, I kind of went solo for, for a while because they're not hiked together almost every day for the first thousand miles. Yeah. And, um, and so, and then after that, I kind of bounced around on my own for a little while, you know, going in and out of groups. I was with the Chads for a while. Uh, of course, I hiked with Hokey Pokey and Olga for, for a good bit. You and I hiked together, you know, for quite a while before, you know, we ended up doing the dirty bubble thing towards the end. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, there's some advantages to, to doing it by yourself and not being in a group. But I definitely can see, you know, why being in a group is, is very helpful for a lot of people. Did you like if you were if you were to go back and hike hike the same thing on just like like you're not trying to do an FKT and you just yeah. doing a a full hike would you want to be like in a in a trail family the whole time or would you would you want to go solo? 
I think that's a, a question that takes a lot of thought um, to be able. I don't think I could really answer it. It's almost something that maybe I think what you just said was very considerate, not not really making um, bonds early on because those people actually might not even make it past. I don't know, Neil's Gap, which is 30 miles yeah. down the trail. So, yeah. you know, you're going to lose a lot of people. There's going to be a big fallout rate. So that that would be something con to consider. And I hadn't even thought about that. But um, and also, I'm kind of one of these people who does enjoy doing things on the fly. So you have a feel, don't you? Like if if, yeah. you, if you speak to someone like when I first met um, Olga, just I, I, I don't know if it was his age was a similar age to mine, but I just felt really drawn to him. And I thought yeah, yeah. he's a good guy I, I wanted to spend time with. So um, I think it would be something that would play out on the trail. I wouldn't go with a premeditated plan of action, so to speak, you know. But um, yeah. I would definitely not really, I don't think I would want to be attached full time to a group of people. I do like the idea of being able to be free and just speak to who I want to and spend time to who, who I want with as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I understand that. That's kind of how I felt too. Like it was, uh, I'm very, more than, more than appreciative of all the relationships and stuff I met uh, with that developed with people on the trail. It was, uh, you know, people that I plan on you know speaking to for for a very long time in my life, and probably gonna won't be the last time I see a lot of you guys. Uh, and because I, I think it's such a unique experience that you share with people, you know, it's uh, I I akin it to, and I and I told you know a lot of the people that we finished with, it's very similar to a deployment in the military. Um, mm -hmm. You're doing something so vastly different than what majority of the rest of humanity does and you're doing it all together for this con and, and you are like you're living this you know homeless person lifestyle and it's <laughs> and it's so and it's just so bizarre for for like the average person like they can't they can't wrap their and it is weird you know like it is it's a, it's a weird thing that you do and it's hard like in, in the same way with the deployment from the military is you're doing something that would be so just out of normal, out of the normalcy for majority of, of, of humans, and then it's that bond that you have with those people that uh, that you that you develop, and then on top of that, you know, re reintegrating yourself to normal society is just takes a little bit of time, you know. So you you, you have to you know, it's really you need to you need to decompress when you get off trail to kind of you know get ready to get back to living you know quote unquote normally again. Yeah. Did did you give yourself time to decompress before you kind of got back into things or? Well, as you know, we, we had the advantage of being at, you know, Botany's uh, grandparents' house. That's true. Uh, and, and yeah. Being, yeah. And I felt like we, so in the military, uh, so what we do now is after deployment, you go and do what they call warrior transition program. And so in the U.S. military, like when we went to Afghanistan, we would, when we finished our deployment, of course, most of us had been in training and deployed for, you know, between a year and almost a year and a half. So it's a long time that you're, you know, and in that type of environment. And then you'd come back and we would spend three to four days in Kuwait kind of re um, turning all of our gear, decompressing, knowing that you're in a safer environment now. And that the reason they did that is because what, what was happening is guys were coming back from their deployment. Uh, they were going from, you know, getting rockets shot at them and IDs blowing up. And um, now they're, they're in their house. They got their wife, and their kids, and everybody's running around. And, yeah. It's just very, very chaotic. And so you get, to, get in a few days to kind of like 
let your body rest, your mind rest. I think it, I think every I would tell anyone when they first get off trail just to stay put, you know, for three or four days before you go right back home. Yeah. And I felt like that that decompression time was was really good. So when I got back to my house and back to my uh, back to my life, it was it was a lot easier for me just to reintegrate quicker. Even though we did, you know, the, what we talked about earlier about the you know, need a little bit of time for your brain to spin yeah. back up yeah. on multitasking and, and doing getting tasks done uh, does still take a little bit of time. Well, I know I don't know if I asked you, but um, I think uh, at one point you you were speaking about maybe future plans for um, I think maybe or was it with Dolly or something? Did so? Did you guys continue the trail romance, or was it is that just for the trail? Um, well, so we, we, uh, and this, this is very interesting that you, um, that you bring this up. So she's a great girl. Like, uh, you know, her and I had a, a lot of great times together on the trail, you know, some memories I had with her, something that I'm going to cherish for a very long time. One of the, one of the interesting things about when you get off trail is because her and I have seen each other since, yeah. since trail is what, what's life like when you're not on trail and it's almost. I, I think it has a lot of similarities to, even though I don't want to show that often, to The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, because you're living these like lives outside of what your normal parameters are. And then once you get back, then you have to see how does how does your lifestyle, how does how, how can you coexist with your differences of how you live? And her and I unfortunately live you know a little bit different lifestyles. Yeah. And uh, now that I'm back you know, running my company, I'm, I'm, I'm someone who's very hyper-focused on, on things. So like, you know, I was very hyper-focused on the trail. Now that I kind of got that, you know, checked off, I've, I've got new, new, new goals I'm going after. And uh, I feel like it is important, like for any other people who, who go to hike one day is, you know, if you do get into a trail romance, you know, you, if you want this thing to last for a long time, you do have to think about what things are going to be like after the trail. And, Maybe, maybe you just enjoy that time you spent together on the trail and then you move on and uh, maybe your friends afterwards. Um, for us, that's kind of the situation we're in. I think we're just going to be, be friends and uh, you know, try not to let us not being a romantic item ruin, you know, the, the, uh, you know, ruin the times that we had together. Yeah, I think that's great. Like you said, you've got memories which you'll hold with you for a long time. I mean, I argue to say a lifetime, really. You know, you'll yeah. always have those memories and times together. And that's and and did Dolly finish the trail herself? She did. Yeah, she finished. She finished the trail. Um, she finished about uh, I think about three three weeks after I did. And uh, yeah, she did, she got finished. Like I said, I've got a chance to go see her a couple of times uh, since since the trail it's just it's, it's very difficult for me with my you just like you and i talked about about remote living it's mm. such a most people most people say they want to do the remote thing but most people actually don't live that way you know 99.999 percent of the, the population worldwide lives somewhere versus when people ask me where i live i just say you know wherever i am at the time mm. i'm actually uh one of the new developments for me is I'm actually just signed a contract yesterday to sell my house. Um, so you signed so, a contract for what did you say? To sell my house. Oh, to sell your house. Wow. Congrats. Yeah, man. I, thank you. Yeah. I mean, I'm only there for three, three to four months a year anyway, and I'm actually selling it and I'm buying an RV. And, oh, that's so cool. 
Yeah, yeah. so uh, I'm gonna get a. I'm gonna make a bunch of money off my house. I had no idea I was gonna be able to sell it for as much as I did, and uh, I'm gonna take. You know, most of my proceeds are gonna go towards uh, investments and yeah. the rest. Of, and then I'm gonna buy. I found a, like these dope ass RVs for like twenty five thousand dollars, and I'm just gonna live in that. Because I mean, like you and I've talked about, I've, I spent a lot of time outside of the United States too. I, yeah. It just doesn't make sense for me to have the overhead of a house when I can sell it at top market value yeah. at the moment and get a bunch of money. So, no, that makes sense. I, I I'm going through a transition as well. That when I got yeah. back, in fact, before I left, because I've had a we call it like a motorhome or a camper van over here. And I've, I've been yeah. pretty much living in a camper van for 10 years, you know, so yeah, yeah. Um, I've been, but, but, but I haven't been kind of traveling around with it. I've had it fixed place in London, but then it's given me the freedom to live in Ethiopia, Italy, uh, Australia, and, and other parts of Europe. So, um, but I'm at the point now where actually um, I've got it up for sale because when I go away, I, I, it's always like it's an attachment that I have, which brings me back to London. And I want to kind of sever my attachments a bit like the fellow Olga we spoke about. He sold everything he had, didn't he? Yeah. You know, yeah. And everything he has is in a bag in his car. Um, and uh, so, yeah, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm also having a big change in my life as well, but I'm excited cool, for you. Uh, like, I think, what do they call it? Like van life? Yeah. I mean, it sounds a bit kind of d- dirtbag kind of um, yeah. van life, but the truth is it's not. You're, if you're focused and you're clean and you're, you've got your projects, it's just a cool place yeah. to sleep and eat and, and, um, b- b- and give you flexibility for sure, you know. Well, you know, and that's the thing is that I felt the same way about my house. Like, yeah. I, I never I – never, built it or i never had it remodeled and stuff like that for me to be there full time but i my family's back in alabama where my, my house is and stuff but when i when i take off and go to Colombia or mexico or any of the places i travel to in latin, latin america i still have to have worry about my house and same way for me now now with a with an rv i can leave it at my parents house and i have zero payments or anything and i can just up and up and leave and go to mexico and i've already I already live really out of a suitcase and a backpack anyway, most of the time. And this just, you know, furthers that, that lifestyle that I've already been putting in place over the last few years. Plus, you know, I, uh, I've got some financial goals I'm trying to hit over the next, next three years. And this just gives me a lot more, uh, capital to be able to, to do some of those things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I think we're coming close to the, like the end of the, the hour, not that, you know, zoom is going to shut down or anything but i think it's it's a nice manageable you've been really generous with your time and um but before like we kind of um hit the end uh stop recording button i'd really like to hear what advice have you got for um whether it's you know a, a, a out of college uh college graduate or if it's a retiree kind of wanting to hike, hike the AT, what advice do you have for them um, that they could take on board? Well, for, I guess for a, a young person, I would say that you're, 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 even if you, you know, graduated from college and you've got an idea of what you want to in life and stuff, you do go hike the AT now, because if you've ever wanted to do it, this is the time to go. When you're young, you have all the time in the world to make mistakes, to go try things, and you never know who you're going to meet on the trail. Uh, you never know if this is the kind of lifestyle that you're going to want to adopt. 
um, you know, one of the people that hikes AT with me, uh, he may actually be coming on to work for my company next year uh, is a possibility. And you just never know what your life is going to be like. And I, and I really do feel like for a young person, hiking AT will be a life-changing type experience for, for a lot of people. Uh, most people haven't had, at that age don't have an opportunity to go uh, really just full freedom. And most people's never understood what that really feels like. And hiking the AT, you get the a kind of freedom that you're, you've never received before. And it's just, that, man, when you get older, you know how to, like you'll get, if you don't do it right out of college or out of high school, you may get married, you may, you may have kids, you may get a job, you can't leave for this, this amount of time, you get bills, your life overhead just gets more complicated and it, it makes it more difficult for you to go out and do these type of adventures. So just do it, just just go hike it, and you lot you have plenty of time to go get a, a regular job and to work for some boss and to look for a wife or a husband or you know whatever. You have plenty of time for that in the future. Go hike the AT now, like don't wait. And then for you know anyone older, I mean the AT is a rugged, difficult, just ball kicker of a trail. And every year you wait as you get older, it's just going to get harder and harder because physically it's just so demanding. But I mean, you and I know, like we, we met, uh, we met the oldest person ever hiked the AT, uh, nimble will. And you and I both had the opportunity to meet, uh, to meet and, and hike with several guys in their sixties who completed the trail. Um, oh, yeah. you know, and seventies. Yeah. 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 I think grandpa fuzzy was, uh, I think he was, he was at 70 mm. and there was just, uh, it's going to be harder for the older older people, no doubt about it, but it does not mean it's impossible. And, I, and I'll tell you, I, that, you talk about extra motivation and stuff. There were days where I would be bitching and, and feeling sorry for myself because, you know, I'd be in pain or something like that. I would remember that I got, you know, 30, 40 years on some of these other guys out here hiking. And that was motivation for me to suck it up and get out there. So, you know, that, I think the older people – don't realize how inspiring they will be for not only their peers, but also for the younger people on the trail that's hiking too. I think that's, um, that's pretty cool, man. That's a whole, that's a whole story for someone to listen to and enjoy. And uh, I'll press stop on the record button now. And that sadly is the end of the show. I really could have just carried on speaking with Hollywood. Um, and uh, who knows, maybe uh, all, all these people I have can come back as repeat guests, as I've had in the past. Liz Anjos was on many times, and Warren Doyle as well. Um, so, yeah, that's it. Uh, next week, I'll be back with uh, another guest uh, who has through-hiked the Appalachian Trail. It's an amazing feat. Please do go and have a look up what is the Appalachian Trail, and um, you'll appreciate the length and severity of it. Um, so until Monday, um, you guys, uh, you guys keep uh, active and uh, get as much outdoor time as possible. All right, many thanks for listening. Oh, and finally, if you do like the show, please share it.